0: Well, good morning and welcome to today's episode of Transformed. I want to talk to you today about the best things I saw this weekend. Welcome to today's message with Pastor Jim Balzano. I want to give thanks also to Park Home for our studio furniture and to Taylor Design and Events for the um, design of our studio. You know, Scott Van Pelt on ESPN has a segment of his show that's called The Best Thing I Saw Today. He takes something and he highlights it that he saw during the day, and then he wants to bring attention to it so people can see it as well. Sometimes it's a sports event. Sometimes it's an event he saw uh, that happened in society. But it's all about bringing the highlight to that moment. Well, today's podcast I'm going to call The Best Things I saw this weekend. It was Resurrection Weekend, the the weekend that the church and believers all across the world celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So if you'll allow me, I'm going to take um, a few moments and just kind of reminisce on what I saw over the weekend. Good Friday, Good Friday evening. I watched a group of pastors from our area conduct a shared um, Good Friday service online each of them took a turn speaking in, uh, about one of the seven sayings around the cross. It was a unified expression of like-minded believers, but not an expression of complete um, conformity to each other's non-cardinal doctrines. Obviously, they were uh, unified in their cardinal doctrines, but they come together for one purpose, to bring to light the gospel, the good news of the kingdom of God, the good news of of Jesus Christ, and it was a it was a, a a wonderful way to see the unity of the body through these pastors as they shared a common theme. And, and then on Saturday, I saw so many people that were looking and trying to find ways to reach out to other people. For example, for example, uh, I watched Center City Church. They gave away truckloads of food. No doubt, that's no small task. They do it with volunteers who had to give up their time, that had to get there early, get things set up, um, to do it in the love of Jesus, to do it to show that Jesus cares, to to do it to show the love of God to so many people. It's an expression of his love, and uh, I love seeing it. And, And then I got to watch, and I saw the Nehemiah Project. They gave over 843 cooked meals in two and a half hours to people. Unfortunately, people had to be turned away as they ran out of food. The the amazing response was was incredible, and um, even having to run over the scheduled time for the event. And yet I saw in this event was people from every walk of life coming together for a common cause, believers and unbelievers serving beside each other to serve people. I saw multi-denominations working together in order to serve people. I saw church-going and non-church-going people. I saw the young and the old working beside each other. I saw the rich, the middle class, and the poor working beside each other to serve people, husbands and wives serving together. It was a wonderful expression of a unified effort to serve people, and I saw it with joy I saw it with happiness. I, I saw it without bickering, without complaining. I saw it with um, working hard. Whether they were parking attendants, whether they were scooping food, whether they were serving bread, whether they were serving drinks, whether they were praying with the people, it was just done with joy and um, this this real expression of we're just happy to be doing this. It was so fun to see. And then Sunday night, I watched Join the City where over 20 pastors came together to film a unified and a united Resurrection Sunday special. A united church telling the story of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. After all, Jesus is the one who does unite us. It was a unified expression demonstrating the expression of God's heart for his people. And it was so fun to watch. And it was so fun to see many of my friends on TV sharing from their heart about the resurrection of Jesus. But let me go back a little bit. Let me go back to Sunday morning. Uh, Here at the church, Transformation Church, we we had a drive-in, stay-in-your-car service. Now, I know it was killing some of our social butterflies, but that's just the way it had to be. And I saw hundreds of people in their cars worshiping God. It was so cool you kind of would walk through and you see people inside the confines of their car, hands raised, singing, praising God, praying. I saw masked the masked bandits, the masked volunteers, parking people. Uh, I saw a husband and wife leading worship from the back of a dump truck. I saw people waving joyfully at each other from their cars. They couldn't get out and they couldn't hug each other but they still could express joy as they waved to each other. I had to watch our social butterflies restrain themselves and stay in their car. Some, some of them almost exploded, but it was okay. They, they made it through. Then I watched where we had something really special in part of the service. Um, I call it a transformation train, or maybe I'd call it a, a grace parade or who knows, maybe a, maybe a testimony train. It doesn't matter the name of it, but let me tell you what we did. We had about 15 or so cars, Uh, And people held a three to five word testimony on an 11 by 17 piece of paper. And they held it out of the car. That was a summation of their life, of what God did for them, what the resurrection of Jesus did for them. And so at the right point, unbeknownst to most people there, all of a sudden a section of cars began to pull out of their spots as the music played and they wormed their way through the parking lot, out of the upper level, down across the lower level of the block, back up into the upper level, holding these signs out the windows. And from my vantage point, I was watching this. And, uh, man, it it just brings such joy to the heart of a pastor. You know, I I watched as someone drive by, and and one of our our people at church, he's got a sign out of his car that says, freedom from drugs, guilt, and shame. This is what Jesus did for him. He freed him from guilt. He freed him from drugs. He freed him from shame. Uh, I watched as another said, Jesus freed me from my past mistakes. Man, don't we all have those? Uh, Another one that uh, I saw was a man in our church who said, you know what? God physically and spiritually healed me. See, it was a heart problem that led him to a spiritual transformation in his life, and yet God also healed his heart in a dramatic way. And then I see another one holding the sign. It says that God freed her from anxiety and emotional pain. My God, he is so good, isn't he? And I kept continued to watch and I would see another one that said, I have been freed from the opinions of others. Where no longer do I have to rely on the affirmation of others to know who I am, but now I know who I am in Jesus Christ. And then I love this one. Man, my friend Mindy and Marcus, they hold up signs that says they've got a mandate now on their life from grace, mercy, and favor that's been poured into their life. Now, here's what's really cool about that. They were here yesterday. They live in Pittsburgh, and they were here. And it was 10 years to the day that she turned herself in for crimes that she had committed. And 10 years later, her marriage is restored. She's drug-free. They own their own home. I mean, the blessings and the favor of God are upon their life, and it is so awesome to see. Another lady drives through, and she's holding a sign up that says, God freed me from alcohol. I had one that didn't make it that was going to hold a sign up that said, healed of cancer. And then I could go on and on. I got another man abused by 16 different people as a child. And you imagine that. And I got I got uh, this guy who's been drugs and alcohol and this is what his sign simply said, transformed by the love of Jesus. Transformed by the love of Jesus. I could go on and on, but I won't because it would take another uh, an hour to do this podcast today. But then there's one where my dear friends who lost a daughter several years ago to a tragic accident, broken In the moment, anyone's ever lost a child knows the brokenness that comes with it. And yet this is their testimony. Because of Jesus, their testimony is blessed over broken. Blessed over broken. What a testimony. Even my little girl, I had one. And hers said, today's pain became tomorrow's strength. And it was a testimony of how God took her from a heartbreaking miscarriage. And the pain of that moment Yet becoming the truth, the the strength of today. You see, sometimes we got to understand the pain of today is the strength of tomorrow. And so there's a testimony found in that. I said I was the last one. I'm sorry, I can't help myself. I got to keep going. And then I got my friend Frank. He's been in and out and up and down so many different ways in his life, from uh, alcohol to other things. And this is his testimony. His grace kept me alive. <laughs> I could go on, and I won't. I said I wouldn't, but I'll, I'll stop now. Y- you see. I stood on the back of that dump truck and I watched these cars go by and my heart becomes full because that's truly what it's about. You know, I hear a lot of stuff, you know, during this coronavirus thing and, you know, people talking about the church isn't a building. I couldn't agree more. It's a people. And yet those people gather at our church. They love each other. They come to a building. There's nothing sacred about the building. It's the people who come into the building that make it sacred. But you see, what I saw this weekend, the best thing I saw this weekend, whether it was Friday or the things I saw on Saturday or what I saw on Sunday, the best thing I saw this weekend was the church, his church, however it was expressed, wherever it was expressed. His church made up of redeemed humanity. Not perfect, by any stretch of the imagination, but perfectly imperfect. You see, we know that we're not perfect, but yet somehow there is this perfect imperfection, if that makes sense, that God has chosen to take us, humanity, and use us in all of our imperfections to show his perfection. A lot of people want to bemoan the church, pick out her flaws. Say what's wrong with it. I, I had a phone call this week from someone, and they were just telling me all the things that the church is doing wrong and all the things that's wrong with the church. Listen, I, I some of them I can't even argue with. But, you know, it reminds me of a thing I use as an illustration. I want you to imagine this for a moment. Those of you who are husbands that are listening to this or watching this, it's your wedding day. And on your wedding day, you are you are waiting for your bride to come into that church or whatever setting it is, you're standing up front and you're standing there with the pastor and and you're ready. And all of a sudden, here she comes and she makes her entrance. You haven't seen her all day. And she comes and she's got that gown on. She's got that wedding dress on. And she is just absolutely radiant. And you are just enraptured with her sight. And now she's making her way. And all of a sudden, the people in your guest stand up. And you are one proud man. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something happens. To your horror, to your horror, your guests begin to pick out her flaws. Oh, she's got, her nose is a little too big for her face. Her skin is a little blotchy. Maybe she's a little heavier than some would want her to be. Oh, I don't like the way that dress looks. Oh, I don't like her hair. And all of a sudden you're, you're, in, like you're in horror because now they are talking about your bride. This is the moment you're coming together. But then it gets worse. But all of a sudden your best man, your groomsmen, your attendants, your attendants begin to do the same. They begin to mock. Ugh, she's actually kind of ugly. She's got some imperfections. She's got some flaws. And you're just horrified. These are the ones you have called to help you be a part of your special day where you are united to the bride, the one you love, the one that is so beautiful. And all of a sudden, they mock her. Your heart would be grieved. Your anger would rise up. You would be devastated. None of us would do that at a wedding. None of us would go to a wedding and mock somebody's bride, at least so they could hear it. But man, it kills me when I hear his people mocking his bride, picking her apart. That doesn't mean we don't have uh, the ability to be able to assess without being critical, assess without being judgmental. But let us remember something. The church, believers, that's his bride. And and I really grieve my heart when it's us pastors who tear her apart and tear her down. I wonder how it grieves the heart of Jesus whenever we constantly focus on the negative of the bride. You see, what I know is he's making her, he's cleansing her, he's perfecting her. What I know is what the Bible tells me that he's the one preparing her for himself. I've been called to come alongside of him and do that. I don't want to mock her and I don't want to say everything that's wrong with her. I want to see her beauty. I want to see her through his eyes and so for me the best thing I saw this weekend wasn't a singular event and there's many more events that went on that I didn't see but the best thing I saw this weekend was his church the most beautiful thing I saw this weekend was his church in all of her imperfect perfection let me encourage you see her beauty See her through the eyes of Jesus. Have a great week.